0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Biopedia. Today we're going to be tackling the quagga, an extinct zebra subspecies most closely related to Birchell zebra. The quagga, or Equus quagga quagga to give it its Latin name, was a plain zebra subspecies living in South Africa in Kuru and the Southern Free State. Its name stems from the Khoikhoi word for zebra, which imitates the animal's call. In many ways, the quagga looks like a zebra, apart from the fact that the stripes blend into a uniform brown colour from the front to the back. What is noteworthy is that it is now thought that there is evidence of a cline, which refers to a trait slowly changing throughout a population as you travel through its range. With reference to the quagga, the skeletons of the quagga and the southern Birchill zebra have features that cannot be distinguished. Moreover, Virtual zebras today demonstrate limited stripes, which could point to stripes progressively diminishing as you move south. The quagga would thus simply have been the southernmost ecotype of the plain zebra. Why is this? Well, stripes may not have been as useful in the quagga's habitat. To see why, we need to discuss the association between zebra stripes and biting flies. To see why, we need to discuss the association between stripes and flies. Researchers have tested the usefulness of stripes by using horses, zebras, and horses who have been dressed in zebra coats in order to resemble them. When flies got close, the zebra markings acted to confuse them, meaning that they often crashed into the marked animals rather than landing in a coordinated way. The effect apparently only takes hold when flies are close either seeming to suddenly appear from the fly's point of view and thus startling them into changing course, or else impacting how fast objects appear to be coming towards them. Moreover, flies landed on zebras less frequently than they did on horses. So, although this question is not yet settled, and there is apparently still some evidence for other hypotheses, research apparently seems to suggest that zebra stripes help against biting flies. Now... The habitat of the quagga appears to have had fewer flies than that of other zebras. Hence, as stripes would have been less useful by this hypothesis, they would have declined. The quagga is also unusual in that it has the opposite sexual dimorphism to most other zebras. Quagga females were substantially larger than the males, while in other zebras males are usually larger. This may well have been adaptive, given their range in the Karoo Plains. The Karoo Plains would have been affected by harsh droughts and cold conditions during the Ice Age. Quagga females lactated or were pregnant for a large proportion of their lives, meaning that being larger would have meant they had more reserves to fall back on, and thus larger females would have had a selective advantage. Alternative explanations are that it could have come about through genetic drift, due to the comparative isolation of the quagga subspecies, or else due to a combination of adaption and drift. The 2020 study of this dimorphism rejected the possibilities that it may have come about artificially due to sampling error, mistakes when mounting taxidermy specimens, or hides having shrunk. I should note for the sake of completion that I've only accessed the abstract of this paper. Historically, there was the possibility that quaggas could be domesticated, given their docile nature. This would have been useful to the Dutch settlers moving into the region at the time as the horses brought over from Europe struggled in their new environment. In fact, an 1821 letter from George Douglas, 16th Earl of Morton, to the President of the Royal Society at the time, documents his attempts to hybridise a quagga and domestic horses. Douglas initially wanted to breed quaggas, but he couldn't get hold of a female, so he ended up breeding the quagga with a mostly Arab mare. He ended up with a hybrid female, which had noticeably quagga traits. Douglas subsequently sold the mare on, and it had a colt and a filly by an Arabian horse, and Morton essentially compared the quagga-horse hybrid with her fully horse half-siblings. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it, but the reason why I'm telling you about it is that it does show there was an interest in the quagga at the time it was around. Despite the interest in them, quaggas were hunted, given that settlers viewed them as rivals for grazing land that livestock could otherwise use. The last quagga would die in captivity in Amsterdam Zoo on the 12th of August 1883, with only 12 quagga skins ever being preserved, and only one individual ever being photographed in 1870. In fact, only five photographs were ever made. Despite this, some confusion as to whether the quagga had actually died out remained, given that the locals of its home range used quagga to refer to all zebras. However, eventually everyone caught on. Henry Anderson Bryden would lament the loss in his book Clough and Carew, Sport, Legend, and Natural History in Cape Colony, with a notice of the game birds and the present distribution of antelopes and larger game, which was published in 1889. By this point, Bryden was relatively certain that the quagga had, in fact, disappeared. However, this isn't quite the end of the story for the quagga. In 1987, a project was started up to try and create a population of zebras which resemble quagga, through selective breeding. The idea is that the animals can then be reintroduced to the former range of the quagga. This process is called breeding back, and the organisms that result are known as quaggas to distinguish them from their wild, extinct counterparts. So. Although quaggas are genetically gone, we might one day again see similar organisms roaming around their native range. As always, thank you all for listening. Feel free to get in touch at the show's email address for any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, have a great week everyone.